folks for anybody who wants to be a part of that. And uh, praise the Lord. Deuteronomy 9 and 1. Say amen when you have it. It says, Hear, O Israel, thou art to pass over Jordan this day to go in to possess nations greater and mightier than thyself, cities great and fenced up to heaven, a people great and tall, the children of the Anakim, whom thou knowest and of whom thou hast heard say, who can stand before the children of Anak? Understand therefore this day that the Lord thy God is he which goes before thee as a consuming fire. He shall destroy them and he shall bring them down before thy face. So shalt thou drive them out and destroy them quickly. As the Lord hath said it unto thee, speak not thou in thine heart after that the Lord thy God has cast them out from before thee, saying, For my righteousness, the Lord has brought me in to possess this land. But for the wickedness of these nations, the Lord doth drive them out from before thee, not for thy righteousness or for thy uprightness of thine heart. Dost thou go to possess their land? But for the wickedness of these nations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee, and that he may perform the word which he sware unto thy fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Understand, therefore, that the Lord thy God giveth thee not this good land to possess it for thy righteousness, for thou art a stiff-necked people. Heavenly Father, we give you glory and honor for your word tonight. Your word is a powerful word. And Lord, I'm asking you that you would anoint me today. Touch these lips of clay to speak to your people. They're a precious people. Use me to bless, to edify, strengthen, and encourage your people. In Jesus' name, and someone shout amen. amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise before we're seated. Amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated. In the book of Deuteronomy, there are five distinct moments when Moses begins his sermons with the Hebrew words Shema Yisrael, which are translated as Hear, O Israel. Deuteronomy 5.1 is the first. Hear, O Israel. The statutes and judgments which I speak in your ears this day. Deuteronomy 6.3 is the second. Hear, O Israel, and observe to do. Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Deuteronomy 20 and 3. Hear, O Israel, you approach this day unto battle against your enemies. Let not thine hearts be faint. Fear not and do not tremble. Neither be ye terrified because of them. The fourth, which I saved for last, is our opening text. And it reads, Hear, O Israel, thou art to pass over Jordan this day, to go in to possess nations greater and mightier than thyself, cities great and fenced up to heaven. These Shema's command special attention. Each one meant something to ancient Israel. And each one means something to East Bay Bible Fellowship. Because each of these reveals the thoughts and heart of God towards a chosen people. The fourth Shema 
represents the final set of instructions given to Israel before they enter the promised land. Bundled into these instructions is a message so important that we would be foolish to ignore it. The reason that this message is so important is because the message is not hidden. It is in plain sight. It is, as we talked about Sunday morning, the revealed will of God. And the revealed will of God must never be ignored. At the beginning of verse number one, God tells Israel that they are going to war. What he does not tell them is how to engage in warfare. There are no instructions on how to swing a sword. There are no instructions on how to fight hand-to-hand combat. There are no instructions on how to raise up a shield, shoot a bow from an arrow, or topple a foreign government. In some cases, they already knew how to do some of these things. In other cases, they were utterly clueless. And very quickly, God's word to them that they will possess nations greater and mightier than themselves, cities great and fenced up to heaven with people great and tall take on a meaning beyond the letters of the page and beyond that moment in time. God assures Israel they are going to war, but it is his bystanders. The battle is his. Their job is not to swing the sword, raise the shield, or topple the government. Their job is to stay humble. Their job is to remember that God is keeping a promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Their job is to never let the words cross their lips. Because of my righteousness, the Lord gave me this land. In fact, God tells them, you aren't righteous at all. He calls them a rebellious and stiff-necked people. Their job is to take ownership of the land, which is currently occupied by what the scripture calls wicked people. According to archaeologist William F. Albright, in his book From Stone Age to Christianity, the people Israel is replacing were people whose religion was lewd and vulgar. They were perverted and sensual and scandalous on indescribable and unimaginable levels. Tonight, I want to preach to you that there are spaces and that there are places both in the spiritual world and in this physical world that God is going to give to us. Each one of them will be surrounded by opposition that we cannot overcome on our own and that is by design. Amen. I don't know who I'm preaching to tonight, but I feel like there's some people that are already looking at some big walls and some big giants. I feel like there's some people that are already wondering, I don't know how I'm going to do this. That's part of the plan because you are not going to do this. It is going to be God that is going to do this. I feel like there are some people that are looking at things in life and in the spirit and you're starting to feel a little overwhelmed. You're starting to feel a little discouraged and God sent this preacher here tonight to let you know that the battle is the Lord's. You're going in, but you're going in as a bystander. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. There are going to be times when we are going to have to go higher than we're capable of going. And then there's going to be times when we're going to have to go lower than we're capable of going. Whatever the case may be, it will always be beyond what we are accustomed
come to and beyond our range of natural abilities. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, the warfare you're about to get into is bigger than you. It's better than you. It's mightier than you. But it's not bigger, better, or mightier than God. It's not bigger, better, or mightier than the Lord that we serve. Hallelujah. Can I tell you that God has been putting his people in battles that they can't win on their own for a long, long time? This is nothing new. God did it with Israel. God did it with the apostles. And in 2021, God's going to be doing it with East Bay Bible Fellowship. God's going to be doing it with the Sandoval family. God's going to be doing it with the Prado family. God's going to be doing it with the Johnson family. God's going to be doing it with the Caragill family and the Ruiz family and the Thalers. God's going to be doing it with the Harrises and the Keeflers. Hallelujah. I'm telling you right now, our God is a great big God. You have nothing to fear. You have nothing to be intimidated about. You have nothing to cower down about. God has given you a promise, and he's going to keep that. Oh, somebody give God some praise right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, come on, somebody give God some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When we talk about God putting tasks before us that are beyond us, we have to understand that there are times we're going to have to go high. We're going to have to stretch. And then there's other times we're going to have to go low. Lower than we've ever gone. Let me give you a little example of this. In Galatians 2, 7 through 8, the Apostle Paul says that the gospel of the Gentiles was committed to him. But the gospel of the Jews was committed to Peter. This may not seem like a grandiose statement, but what you have to understand is that Paul was the kid raised in church. Paul was the guy that had never touched a hand sandwich in all his life. Paul was the guy that as long as he could remember, always had long sleeves and went swimming in his jeans. Paul was the guy that had holiness down 101 and then some. Paul was the guy, amen, hallelujah, that had been raised in church. Paul was the guy that had been singing Father Abraham ever since he could remember. Paul was the guy that had never missed a tithe or an offering. Paul was the guy that had gone on mission trips. Paul was the guy whose mother quoted scripture and his pops did too. Paul was the guy that, that could go back and look generations, uh, amen, into his background. Peter, on the other hand, was no such thing. Peter was the guy that got caught naked on the boat. Peter was the guy that did cussing. Peter was the guy, amen, that had a few amen, shady nights, praise God, where nobody knew where he disappeared to. Peter was the guy, amen, with the quick temper. Peter was the guy that was willing to cut an ear off. Peter was the guy, amen, that could betray Jesus. Peter was the guy, amen, that struggled to be a good Jew. Peter was the guy, amen, that the Jews never would have received. And Paul was the guy that struggled with helping the Gentiles. And God says, this is just the way I like it. Paul, I'm going to send you, amen, to the Gentiles. Amen, hallelujah. You're going to have to go lower than you've ever gone. Amen, you're going to have to eat food that you never ate. You're going to have to accept customs you never thought you would accept. You're going to have to walk into houses you never thought, amen, you would walk into. You're going to have to do things that your whole life thought, you thought made you ceremoniously unclean. I'm going to 
challenge your churchiosity. I'm going to challenge your religion. I'm going to challenge everything you've ever said, known, and done. Ever since you were a child in Peter, I'm going to send you to go higher. You're going to have to walk into the house of rabbis and chief people of the synagogues. You're going to have to preach to people that have never seen your name on the roster at the synagogue. You're going to have to talk to people about the scriptures that they know you never read. You're going to have to testify to people that know you didn't take your bar mitzvah. Praise God. You're going to have to talk to people, amen, that rejected you a long time ago. You're going to have to talk to people that heard you cussing by the campfire. You're going to have to talk to people, amen, who accused you, amen, of being, amen, a betrayer of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. But God knows what he's doing. Paul had to go low. Peter had to go high. Pastor, what does this mean? Amen. You know what this means? Some of you are going to have to walk into jobs you never thought you could get. Some of you are going to have to humble yourselves and do things you never thought you might have to do. Amen. But either way, we're going to have to stretch and stop. Come on. We got to stop. Amen. Assuming that God is always going to put us in situations that we can handle. In situations where our abilities, our talents, amen, hallelujah, is what's going to win the day. There will be days God makes you walk into things that you ain't ready for. There will be days that God makes you cross through situations you're not equipped to. Amen. Hallelujah. What do I do? You trust in God. You trust in God. You trust in God. You tr Come on, somebody. I said you... Oh, somebody say praise the Lord. Hey, Peter got to the top. That's right. He was part of the council in Jerusalem. He was, he got, to, he got to the top. The problem was when he got to the top, he started flexing instead of being flexible. Because what Peter didn't realize is that sometimes, even when God takes you to the top, even up there, he may call you to go down. In fact, the Apostle Paul says it this way in Galatians 2, 2 and 11. I had to rebuke Peter in front of everyone and said to him, Peter, you're a Jew, but you live like a Gentile. So how can you force Gentiles to live like Jews? Because they went to a little fellowship one day. And Peter all of a sudden forgot that he used to be the cussing sailor man. He forgot that he had never tithed from ages 2 to 30. Praise God. He forgot that he didn't know a single Torah verse to save his life. He forgot amen hallelujah the night by the campfire when he said I never knew him he forgot and now he started acting a little snobby. He started acting a little highfalutin. He started acting a little too good and Paul said enough of this. I know and you know praise God that you, you never went to Sunday school. He said I know and you know that you've been eating hot dogs and bacon a long time. I know and you know that you have no reason 
reason to be acting like this. You need to humble yourself a little bit. Paul, on the other hand, said, I've become all things to all men that I might win them to Christ. Paul said, I'm going to get exalted, but I'm always going to know how to go low. When I get to the top, I'm not going to flex. I'm going to stay flexible because I realize that sometimes God raises you up, but even when you're at the top, you got to be able to go down low. And I realize that even when your God puts you down low, you got to be ready to go up. Oh, come on, somebody. You got to be able to. Too many of us are looking for a stable situation. Too many of us are looking to slide into a position, slide into a place, slide into a space. Praise God that requires no more flexibility. I'm telling you right now, when you really get locked into the plan, the purpose, and the will of God, you got to stay flexible. you got to stay malleable. you got to bend. Because if you don't bend, he will break you. And I'd rather bend than be broken. Praise God. I don't care how high up I go. I'm never too big to knock on a door. I'm never too big to teach a Bible study. I'm never too big to pick somebody up for church. I'm never too big to help out in Sunday school. I'm never too big to teach Sunday school. I'm never too big to pass the vacuum. I'm never too big to scrub a toilet. I'm never too big. Come on, somebody. I'm never too big to show up Wednesday night. I'm never too big. Come on, somebody. Hey. Some of us have another challenge. We got to be able to go high. Joseph spent most of his life in prison. One day they said, Joseph, your number's up. Bible says first thing Joseph did was say, go get me the barber. Bible says he shaved his face cut his hair. You need to realize when it's time to move up. And you need to realize that you need to get your act together. Go ahead. We still preach. Go ahead and shave. We still preach. Go ahead and put that shirt and tie on. We still preach. Go ahead and visit the barber. We still we still preach. Look your best for this moment in time. Amen. Rise up to the occasion. Amen. Rise up to the occasion. Rise up to the occasion. Amen. It's just time. Praise God. Amen. To look alive, alert, and awake, and ready. Amen. To walk through the doors, God. There just comes a time you got to shake the hood off. There just comes a time you, there just comes a time when resume has to become the only the only dialect you speak in. Come on, they're just coming. Y'all ain't hearing me right now. Amen. Praise God. I'm just telling you, there comes a time when you have to rise up and you have to say, you know what? I'm going to get myself together. It's no act. It's who God is calling me to be. This is bigger than me. I may mispronounce some words and even misuse them, but I'm going to do my very best. Amen. To act like I belong here. I'm going to do my very best to act like I've been here. Praise God. I'm going to do my very best. Come on. You may not think I belong here. In fact, I may not belong here, but it's God doing it. It's God doing it. I'm, I don't know, but I just feel like God got something even for East Bay Bible Fellowship as a church. And there's going to be places in the spirit. And there's going to be places here on earth that God is going to raise us up in. And when God raises us up to those moments, we just have to assume the position. We just have to occupy the space. Amen. Hallelujah. And we need to, come on somebody, we need to fight for it. We need to fight for it. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise right now. Oh, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Why 
Why do these spaces and places matter? Well, first of all, because God is the one directing us there. But the reason these places and spaces matter is because they are spaces from which influence and power flows. Moreover, some of them represent promises that God made to saints of old. I, I want to say this with all due respect. And I think that those who will associate with my statement or who, who my statement will resonate with will understand what I'm about to say. But I, I want to be very open with you. This is not per se. There used to be a church here in Alameda. Praise God. There are several members, my wife included, who used to go there. This is not an extension of that. This is a different church. But this church is walking on the same promises that were made to the first church. Praise God. We assume God said, I want a church in Alameda. God's going to get a church in Alameda. Amen. God's going to get what he wants. But what God wants are people that will occupy that space, that will rise to the occasion and walk worthy of that calling. I've said this before and I'll say it again. Churches are not built from the ground up. They're built from heaven down. And the first church had a blueprint. The second church has a blueprint. It is our job to follow God's blueprint. It is our job to follow God's plan. It is our job to do as God. Oh, come on, somebody. Now, let me console somebody. As far as God is concerned, he has one church. In the spirit, it's an unbroken line. But here on earth, that line breaks. That's right. Here on earth, lines get broken. There's interruptions. There's mistakes. There's, there's tragedies. There's misfortunes. But it is our job. It is our job. My wife and I, since the day we, st we decided that we were going to try to pastor here in the city of Alameda, every door we knocked on, every situation we walked through, we could distinctly feel a grace and, 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 and a divine assistance backing us up. And I remember the day me and my wife got in our car as we drove home from a day of outreach and looking for a property, and we began to weep and cry because there in the car, God spoke to both of us and let us know, I am honoring the prayers of the saints that were here before you. I am honoring the blood, sweat, tears, and efforts uh, of the saints, amen, that came before you. And I don't mean to make anybody here feel uncomfortable, but I can't tell you the joy that I felt when I was on a plane, amen, hallelujah, 30,000 feet, amen, in the air, praise God. And I got a text message from Brother Kifle, praise God, and Sister Janelle Ruiz had showed up to a Bible study, praise God, and she lifted her hands and he prayed for her, praise God, and she started speaking in tongues again. Because her and her family were here, amen, several years ago. And to me, that was an indicator that while the line on earth got broken up, God was still tying things up. God was still getting his will done. God... And I don't apologize to anyone, praise God, for that. I don't apologize to anyone, praise God, for God getting the church he wanted since day one. Some of you maybe never lived in Alameda before. Welcome to the battle, praise God. Perhaps some of you aren't even native, amen, to this side of the East Bay. Welcome to the battle, praise God. The doors God has opened up for you to live in houses, praise God. The jobs you have, the careers you have, the lives that God is forging, all arrows point to the divine 
plan of God. Amen. All arrows point to the divine will of God. And I'm so glad that I'm not alone tonight when I say, praise God, that I'm here. Praise God. And I'm here to watch God get the victory. And I'm here to watch God win the battle. And I'm here. Come on, somebody. And I'm here to watch God do what he does. Praise God. Oh, somebody praise the Lord. Oh, come on. I feel the Holy Ghost talking right now. Come on, right, there's a moment in the Holy Ghost right now. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come on, let's praise him, let's praise him, let's praise him. Praise God. Jesus. Woo! Oh, let's give God some praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Can we lift our hands just for one moment? Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Oh, the Holy Ghost is talking to us right now. Hallelujah. Hey, I need to talk to some of you. I need to talk to all of you at watching at home and sitting in these chairs. You hear me good. This is a word from the Lord. You are about to walk into situations both in the spirit and in the physical realm. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Where things are going to get a little uncomfortable. And I'm going to tell you why they're going to get a little uncomfortable. Because the people occupying those positions and those places and those spaces are often immoral and lewd. This is the part of walking in the Holy Ghost that a lot of people aren't comfortable with. Because when they think about Jesus, they insist on making him some limp-wristed, soft, hippie-looking person. Let me just tell you something. The Jesus that we serve was able to carry a 120-pound cross on his back up Galgotha's Hill and didn't need help until the very end. That ain't no weak, amen, hippie-looking man. I'm telling you right now, that's a strong man. We always say he was a carpenter. He was not a carpenter. Amen. The word there when they call him carpenter is tecton which literally means mason worker praise God I'm telling you Jesus amen can move some weight praise God I'm just letting you know that there is a side to Jesus that is anything but soft and whether you are a man and whether or whether you are a woman there comes a point where God says I'm going to put you right here and you're going to have to put your hair up in a bun and gentlemen you're going to have to roll up your sleeves and you're going to have to occupy that position and the person in that position may be lewd may be vulgar, may be immoral, may be perverted, may be twisted and sensual, and they will fight you. They will bark at you. They will tell you to back off. They will try to put you in your place, and you're going to have to notify them with all Christian civility and kindness. You are in my place. You are taking up my space. Amen. Hallelujah. And I hate to inform you, but your time is up. Oh, come on, somebody. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Come on, praise him. Somebody praise him. Hey, 
You want to know what the Holy Ghost? You know what the Holy Ghost would want to say to some of you? Some of you are going to occupy spaces and places in your family's dynamic, in your family's power structure, and you're going to have to get comfortable with taking the lead. You're going to have to get comfortable with standing up. You're going to have to get comfortable with getting up there, praise God, and doing it with all Christian kindness and civility, but saying, you know what? Things need to start moving in a different direction. Some of you need to start fighting because even in the lives of your relatives, of your brothers, of your sisters, of your sons and your daughters, there have been immoral dark forces that have taken over their minds and you're going to have to assume this, that, that place and that space in the spirit and say no more of this. Praise God. Some of you are fighting for your brothers and sisters that are locked up in immoral lifestyles and vulgar situations and perverse situations. You're going to have to assume the spiritual authority in that situation. Amen. How do I do that, Pastor? I'm sorry. As 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 much as you probably don't want to hear this, uh, let me tell you how you're going to do this. Praise God. As Jesus said, this kind cometh not out, but by prayer and fasting. You're going to have to check into the church. You're going to have to go ahead and push the plate back, even in December, even in November. And you're going to have to say, I'm taking dominion over this situation right here. Amen. Hallelujah. And I'm going to, I ain't, ain't going to finish praying until that spirit lets go of my brother. I'm not going to finish fasting until that spirit lets go of my sister. I'm not going to finish fasting and praying. Amen. Until that spirit lets go. Amen. Of my mother, of my father. Come on, somebody. Oh, somebody. Give God some praise right now. Oh, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him. There are people here in this world, in this world, God is going to give you, amen, positions and spaces, amen, hallelujah, in order to redirect the influence, in order to change the power dynamic. This might be your job. Listen, our challenge will never be the battle. We are bystanders in this game. The battle is the Lord's. Our challenge will be to obey God and occupy the spaces he's chosen for his glory. The fact that we are bystanders, however, does not mean that there is no danger. There is a danger. There are many dangers. Amen. But I want to talk to you about two in particular before I finish here tonight. Number one, replacing does not equal revenging. If God gives you the driver's seat and the driver's wheel to a car you don't even own, amen, don't hit it in reverse. I've seen God put people in situations and say, you know what, you're in charge now. And first thing they do is throw that thing in reverse. Hey, I'm just letting you know, you, you can't drive this vehicle looking in the rear view. My mind often goes back to Joseph. Joseph suffered all kinds of horrible things. And when he got, you know, if, and I don't even have time 
to preach about this, but Joseph is one of the most calibrated and controlled figures in all of the Bible, and that is revealed in the fact that when he rose up to the top, he never threw it in reverse. When he got to the top, had, it, had, had, had we been Joseph, we would have gone back, amen, to let Potiphar and his wife get it. Praise God. We would have, first thing we would have done, done is sent a small militia to go arrest our 11 brothers that threw us in a well and left us for dead, but that's not what Joseph did. Praise God. When Joseph rose to the top, you never hear about Potiphar or his wife again. When Joseph rose to the top, he didn't go after his 11 brothers. He knew God's going to bring it all to me. Joseph didn't even, first thing Joseph did when he got in the driver's seat is take the rear view mirror off. He said, I'm not going back. I'm not looking back. I'm not, I'm, I'm broken, but I'm not bitter. I said, I'm broken, but I'm not bitter. I'm hurt, but I'm not bitter. I'm scarred, but I'm not bitter. Praise God. I'm, I'm, I've been through some things, but I'm not bitter. Number two, and some of y'all need to listen to me good. When God puts you in that position, and God puts you in that place, and God puts you in that space, endure the loneliness. It will get lonely. Let me, it's lonely being the replacement. Because sometimes God says, this whole system is messed up. I'm wiping, I'm wiping this hard drive clean. I'm, here we go. It's going to get weird. The Bible says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. There, it was already there. It was there as some sort of blob. But the word there for darkness is actually death. Where do you think God, through all the angels that, that rebelled, there was nothing else but heaven. He had to make a little prison for them. He said, I'm going to put you all right there. And they were there on that deathbed. They were there on that dark, formless, void blob. And God said, guess what I'm going to do with this? I'm going to make order out of chaos. And the spirit still stayed. And God said, guess what? I'm going to put water and the spirit still stayed. And God said, I'm going to make trees and plants and animals. And the, and the devil still stayed. And then God said, I'm going to put one man. I'll never forget when Brother Marvin Treese said probably the most. He is, he is a world-renowned scholar by anybody's standard. But I'll never forget when he said these words. You know why God created us? To replace the devil. Ah, man, I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, God said, I'm going to make a creature. And he is the replacement. Hallelujah. And the first feeling that humans were ever described as having was loneliness. The Bible says, and God saw that it was not good for man to be alone. It's lonely. I don't know who I'm talking to right about now. But it's lonely being the replacement. It's lonely being the man and the woman woman that God puts, amen, in the middle of a dark mess because he's ready to get rid of the whole thing. Yeah. Hey, hallelujah. I'm talking to you. You're going to have to endure the loneliness. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. But can I also comfort you, man and woman of God? 
people, amen, will also distance themselves from you. But can I comfort you, man and woman of God? Amen. People will talk about you, but can I comfort you, man and woman of God? Amen. Hallelujah. A lot of your loneliness is nothing more than an illusion. Hallelujah. Amen. Because you have supporters. You have supporters. But when nobody ever tells you is that in real life, supporters are usually quiet. When nobody ever tells you, praise God, is that nobody really has fans. Praise God. What nobody really tells you is that the people that are really behind you are often the quietest. I'll never forget at one of the darkest moments of my life. Amen. When I felt like people were turning on me and, I, and my wife felt like people were turning on us. And situations were dark and grim. We called a good friend of ours and he said, hey, amen, let me comfort you. Praise God. We can't fight this fight for you, but we're behind you 100%. And all of a sudden our perspective changed. Everything changed. Amen. We just needed to know that we had some support. Amen. If nobody's ever told you, I got your back. If nobody's ever told you, amen, hallelujah, there's a lot of people in this church that have your back. And if it wasn't so, the devil wouldn't be telling you the opposite. Because some of you, amen, watching at home, and some of you perhaps here have been the unfortunate victims of the devil's lies, where he tells you, ain't nobody with you, ain't nobody texting you, ain't nobody calling you, ain't nobody taking time with you. Praise God, don't let the devil lie to you. I'm sorry. Amen. Maybe you didn't come to hear this tonight, but I got news for you. You're the replacement, and it gets lonely being the replacement. Amen. Hallelujah, but we're supporting you, honey. We're supporting you, bro. We're behind you. We're behind you. We may not always be vocal, but we're behind you. We may not always be shouting, but we're behind you. We may not have a poster with your name on it that says go, 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 but we're behind you. We're Esther, you might be at Berkeley by yourself, but you're not at Berkeley by yourself. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm telling you right now, Mickey, you ain't by yourself. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm telling you right now, you ain't by yourself. You got a church that's behind you. You got a church that's behind you. You got angels that are behind you. You got great big Jesus behind you. He may not be vocal. He may not be loud. And neither might the church, but you, you got to know we are behind you. Oh, somebody give God some praise right now. Praise him, praise him, praise him. Let's praise God right now. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands right now. We need to pray. Hallelujah. Come on, Jessica, the church is behind you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, we're not done preaching, but I want you to lay hands on the person next to you. I want you to put your hand on somebody's shoulder right now. Pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, we're going to take a few seconds here to pray for one another. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Sister Kendra. That's it, Kevin. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, Leah. You're not by yourself. God's moving, God's moving, God's moving. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, lift a hand for just a few seconds. Sando Bahakatinia. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't want to quench the spirit. But we got we to gotta, we gotta end this thing here with an important public service announcement. If there is anything that Deuteronomy chapter 9 has to say to us, it is this. Do not assign glory to yourself. For what God has done. Do not assign glory to yourself for what God has done. 1 Corinthians 12 and 9, 1 and 29 says, No flesh shall glory in his presence. No flesh. No flesh. God let Israel know, I don't like those guys, and I ain't even crazy about y'all. Yeah. No flesh in this world that we live in, you will be criminally prosecuted for impersonating a police officer, a doctor, a lawyer, a military serviceman, a civil servant, a judge. The list is almost endless. You will go to jail for impersonating somebody on Facebook. When you take the credit for something only God can do. You are impersonating God. And if, the, and if the penalty civilly is severe, what is it spiritually for saying you did something that only God could do? I'm telling you, when you rise up and you start saying to your, notice God didn't say, when you start telling folk. God said, when you say in your heart that we got it like that, when you say in your heart, you know, I knew God was going to get him on my behalf because I've been living for him. God says, I'm going to take a swipe at you. Don't impersonate God. In fact, can I tell you, get in the habit now of giving God glory for everything. Get in the habit now of letting folks know when they ask you what school you went to, of letting them know, I went to X, Y, and Z, and had it not been for God. Get in the habit now of letting folks know, praise God, I am where I am by the grace and the mercies of God. Get in the habit. 
get in the habit now of being in spaces and places, amen, where you stay quiet. Get in the habit now, praise God, of being in spaces and places in the spirit and in this world, praise God, where folks just know if you ask them how they got here, you're fixing to get a Bible study. Just get in the habit now of letting people know. I don't care if you work at the bank or at the law firm. Let folks know it is God that has been good to me. It is God. It is God. Let them know at Berkeley. Let them know, praise God, at Coca-Cola. It is God. Let them know when you're preaching out. It is God. Let them know wherever you go. Let them know whatever you do. It is God that brought me here. It is God that has been good to me. It is God that has kept me and my family. It is God. It is oh, somebody give God. Give God that praise right now. Yes. Hallelujah. Oh, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him. Yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah. Oh, let's lift our hands right now. Praise God. Oh, praise God. Let's all stand. You know, I know what it is to be in situations. You start feeling a little uncomfortable. You're like, man, what am I doing here? And, and, and many of you know what it is to be like that, to be in a situation. Let me tell you something. If you don't know what it's like to be like that, you're playing the wrong game. You should periodically, through your life, be in situations so low or so high that it is just awkward.com. That's not a real website. Don't Google it. <laughs> you, should, you should periodically, throughout your life, be in situations that have caused you to humble yourself or to get yourself together at such, a, at such an intensity that you and everybody around you knows that you're just a praiser, that you're just a worshiper, that you're just a give God glory kind of girl. That you're just a give God glory kind of guy. I don't ever want to get to the place where God says, you've been impersonating me. Have you forgotten where I found you? Have you forgotten that you did not study? Did you forget that the check came at 11.59 with 59 seconds to go and you're trying to tell everybody you're just, you're on the Dave Ramsey plan? Provoke God to poke a hole in your wallet. And God help us if we start talking about, that's because I got good genes. Come from a good family, good stock. Grandpa was a doctor. Mom was a lawyer. Uncle was a scientist. You were a sinner. And even if you want to, even if you want to talk about your genes, God lets you get into a good gene pool. That's God too. 
problem with your mom, uncle, cousin, whoever, they're not giving God glory. But you, my dear friend, you, my dear brother and sister, must give God glory. And don't ever, you heard, don't ever be afraid. You know, Deuteronomy 9 says, God tells them, I'm winning this fight for you. Just stand by. And then for the next, I don't know how many verses, God just goes off on telling them how much they make him mad. Don't you ever be afraid to let people know, listen, I was a mess. I wasn't all that. I'm fortunate my parents decided to live for God. I'm fortunate I was able to make the decision by God's good graces to live for God. But had it not been for the Lord, me, my parents, my kids, we'd all be wash-ups. Hey, you can own stuff and be a wash-up. You can have houses and be a wash-up. You can have money stacked in the bank and be a wash-up. And so tonight, what we are going to do is a very simple exercise in recalibrating our hearts. And, and recommitting our words to total and absolute praise of God. Amen. To total and ab- David said, his praises shall continually be in my mouth. David said, if I'm knocking out lions, bears, or giants, his praises. If I'm tending sheep or reigning over a kingdom, his praises. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. If I mess up and kill a man and take his wife and the baby dies, his praises shall continually be in my mouth. I'm challenging some of you today to go into total praise. High praise, low praise, I messed up praise. I'm on my feet again, praise. Let's do that right now. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Create in us a clean heart, oh, Lord. And renew a right spirit within us. A spirit of praise. Come on, somebody lift up those hands. And declare... I'm going to praise you at the bottom and I'm going to praise you at the top. I'm going to praise you when I'm blessed and I'm going to praise you when I'm broke. And everybody around me will hear you get the credit, the glory, the honor, the praise.
Jesus, I pray right now for the music department. I pray for everybody involved in praise and worship, those that are here and those that are not. God, I pray that our music department would always give you praise because it's these songs that we sing that people take home. And East Bay Bible Fellowship is committed tonight to praising you, to worshiping you. God, I pray that you would anoint our musicians with the spirit of praise and a spirit of worship. God, I pray that you would give them the songs that give you glory, that give you honor. God, I pray for a prophetic anointing over the music department. I pray, God, that every week they would help usher us into your presence, not to ask you for things, but to glorify you and give you the praise that's worthy. A praise, God, that you're worthy of. I want you to stretch your hands towards our musicians. I want you to pray for our music department right now. God's blessing, God's anointing. He cut. Jesus, we pray for this pulpit. We pray for this place and space in the spirit. And we're asking you to make this pulpit of praise, a pulpit that glorifies you. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. 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 I praise you, Jesus. 
I praise you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. If you're not praying right now, just lift your hands. We're walking out of here refreshed. Those of you watching at home, right where you're sitting, raise your hands. It's been a long year. But we're going to get strength right now. To be able to walk through the door and into the spaces and places that God has assigned to us as a church, as individuals. I rebuke the lies of loneliness. We rebuke the spirit of pride. And we invoke a humility of mind. In the name of Jesus. Your praises, O oh God, will continually be in our mouths. And let the church shout amen. amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. As you leave tonight, not in jest, not in lightheartedness, let somebody know, I will be giving God praise. I will be giving God praise. The Lord bless you. We love you. We're behind you. We're praying for you and your family. Amen. Go out there. Win a soul for Jesus. And everyone say amen. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.